All right, let's get this party started. You guys ready? No, you got to get excited tonight, okay? Yeah. Got to get my composure here. Uh, I wasn't expecting that song in, in uh, I once was blind, but now I see. And um, One of the, I, I've had some stuff going on. It's always interesting how uh, when you speak, God um, kind of puts you through what you're talking about. I don't think I could have chosen a better name for God for me to speak on because he has been my provider all my life. And um, right now I've had a series of uh, issues with vertigo that led to a bunch of other stuff. And right now um, both my retinas are bleeding. So I have lost a lot of my sight. So um, I once was blind. I'm working working to, to overcome so that doesn't happen. But Everybody laugh one time. Come on, go ahead. Okay. So check this out. This is how I drive because they give me these temporary contacts so I can see to drive. But I can't see how fast I'm going, right? So here's me driving down the highway, all right? Pretty, pretty good look. Okay. All right. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm really excited about what we're talking on today. And uh, we got... Uh, Yes. God, who do you think you are? Today we're talking about Abraham. We're talking about the provider. But do you guys know much about Abraham? Do you remember Abraham, Sarah? Remember that couple? Right? What do we know about them? They were old is good. Old is what I was looking for. Okay? They were old and God comes and says, you're going to have a child. And, and he tells Abraham, you know, your descendants are going to be like the sand in the ocean. I'm like, are you kidding? I mean... He's 100 years old, okay? That's not really right. And then what do we know happened? I'm just kind of giving you a, back, a backdrop, kind of a brief summary. What do we know happened? God provided. Sarah got pregnant. They had a son. What was his name? Isaac, right? So number one, I'm sure that Abraham was saying, God, who do you, you're telling me I'm going to have a child and we're 100 years old, right? And then he provides. So we're going good. Right? And now check out what happens. Can we, can we get them verses up there? <laughs> All right, I'm going to work on this. You guys help me out. But um, <clears throat> now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you Love and go to the land of Moriah. Let me, let me stop there. Who else do we know had an only son? All right, you guys see a little parallel here? Now look what he's about to do. Take him to the land of Moriah. Now, that really doesn't mean a whole lot to us because how many of you guys know where Moriah is? You went there last weekend? No, we don't really know, okay? That was Biloxi. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mariah, we don't, we don't know too much about Mariah. What we do know is that it was 50 miles away. And you're like, no big deal. It was a big deal. Ford hadn't been born yet to invent the car. So 50 miles back in that day, that was a journey. Okay? So as we're looking, <laughs> and here's the deal. The test was coming for Abraham. When we have a test, okay, does it happen immediately all the time? 
Sometimes it's a journey, right? To get into this building. Did it happen immediately? No. In fact, many of the people that started it aren't even here. It was a journey. It doesn't always come like that. Okay, so we know it's 50, 50 miles, so that's several days' journey, right? And offer him there is a burnt offering in one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Whoa! Time out. Okay, first of all, you got to remember, sometimes the Bible talks in parables, right? And it's a story, right? This is reality. This really happened. There was a guy named Abraham, and he had a son named Isaac. And God said, do this. God just provided a son so he could have descendants, right? What do you think is going through Abraham's mind? Hold on. We don't know, but you know what would be going through your mind, right? Oh, 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 time out. I haven't seen the grandkids yet. You know, hold on. We haven't seen anything. But he said, and offer him there as a burnt offering. Now, you may not know what a burnt offering is. Back in that day, they would take animals. They would have an offering built ready to fire it up. And they would put the animal on, and they would kill the animal, and then they would start the fire. Are you getting the picture here, guys? What if that was asked of you? Now, some of us can get a human sacrifice. What? Just, just hold on. You'll see what happens, okay? There was a test for Abraham. And what was he saying? He wanted to see if he would be obedient. Okay? And so here's what happens. Um, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, which is interesting because Shrek came on last night. But anyways, we won't go there. Uh, that really messed up my whole thought of this story. But anyway, and uh, took two of his dragon, I mean young men, uh, with him. You know, sometimes when we're tested, when we have those trials, it may not be just for you. God includes other people. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not always about us. You know, the truth is, as I look and, and you know, we went to the specialist this week and they've got to uh, put injections in my eyeballs for three months every other week and hopefully then be able to do laser surgery every six months and, and all this stuff as, as I'm, I'm listening. And the truth is, I had to have a day or two to pull myself together. I life coaching. So I said, okay, I'm going to have to be my own client for a couple days here. And I began to pull it in, and, and, and this is what, kind of what I came up with. Man, I've come to Jesus. Right? I, I, I know where I'm going when I die, right? My, whew, my journey, I already got that. So whatever needs to happen to me so that I can tell other people about Jesus, that's a good thing. And you know what happened yesterday? I wasn't even going to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyways. This is what happened yesterday. Usually I'm pretty full on Saturdays. <laughs> and come Thursday, somebody said they couldn't come at 12 o'clock. And think anything of it. I just kind of, you know, erased it. And um, I have a client that um, I work with, and God's done amazing things. And she is now looking at becoming a life coach. And she has some people that she's helping out. And she had this uh, lady who is 63 years old. 
And as she was talking to her, one of the things I, I, I talk about heavily is forgiveness. As she was talking to her, she realized that the lady may not know Christ. So she kind of knew it, and she called me up and said, Coop, is there any way she could come see you tomorrow? And I went, there's a way, 12 o'clock, right? So she came. The daughter of a Baptist minister who, unfortunately, even us pastors sometimes struggle in life, okay? We are human, we are, and not that we, I'm justifying this, but he treated her horribly. And if I was her, I would really question God myself. And so she's now 63 years old and had all kinds of stuff and nearly died about two months ago. And as she came in and we began to talk and we began to talk about, you know, why this, why that, and, and I began to explain to her about God's love for her and how it wasn't based on what she did because she never thought she'd be good enough. It wasn't based on what she did. It was based on what Jesus has already done for her. And I had the privilege of leading her to Christ. And, and it, yeah, give God the glory on that one. But, but here's what was so amazing, okay? I get a text later, and, of course, her friend that brought her is like, Coop, that was a love, love, you know, and, and then a text later and another text, and she was just going crazy. And she said, you know what she said to me? It, she goes, I've never had such peace in my life. And she goes, boy, it's a good thing I didn't die two months ago. Think where I'd be going. So I'm just saying God provides even when we have no idea what's going on there. Okay, I got a little off track, this, um, but I'm not going to apologize because God did, that was an amazing thing God did. So anyways, we got the wood and he rose and he went to the place of which God had told him. Okay? Then on the third day, which means usually we say third day we start singing, but not today. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. You know, guys, sometimes when we have that, we got to make an instant decision, right? Some of us are really good at, at, bam, snap decision. I like that guy around because he just does it, okay? But Abraham had over three days to think, am I really going to have to kill my son? Three days. All right, so here, here we go. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, <laughs> again. Uh, the lad, and I will go yonder. We know that there is some relationship between where he was in Georgia, okay? Because he said, go yonder. So I'm, I'm thinking you guys are with me on that, okay? Um, <clears throat> and the, the lad, I guess he's English, I don't know, but the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Who carried the cross? Hmm, interesting. And he took the fire in his hand. We call that a lighter, okay? So he took the lighter in his hand, which it really wasn't. Don't get excited, okay? And a knife, and the two of them went together. Let's go. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. You think? Right? You've been around enough, right? Isaac is going, we got the wood, we got... I'm missing something here. Where's this lamb at, right? So he goes, he goes, 
Here I, he, so he yells for dad, here I am, son. Then he said, look, you got the fire, I got the wood, you got the knife, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I, I, we didn't bring anything. Abraham said, my son, God will, let me say it again, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Now again, we don't know what was in Abraham's mind, but I'm thinking, was he just kind of making it look good for his son, or was he really saying, hey, God's got this. God's going to provide the lamb. God's going to provide the lamb. Now, well, he might have been doing this. Where's that lamb at? Okay. I don't know what he was doing, but it, guys, think about it. This is pretty intense. Thank you. All right. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. It's about to get real. Even Isaac knows it's about to get real. But what did Abraham do because he knows, hey, I've may have to offer my son. He's probably not going to go like this, so i gotta, I got to tie him up. i got to put him out here. Um, let me see what else I was supposed to be saying. Okay. It's not looking good, guys. You know, we like it when God arrives early, right? We like it. When everything is listed and it's going in order and we know how it ends, okay? But guys, this is Abraham. (laughs) And right now, he's got to make that decision. Am I trusting God or am I not trusting God? Which is what we come down to every day in our lives. Do I trust him or do I not trust him? What do we know of God? As we've been talking about all the names of God, right? What would we want to do? We want to look at God's character. God's character does not do human sacrifices, does it? But God's character demands from us obedience. And so Abraham (laughs) set it up, got ready to go. He even had the knife up. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife. Is that me? Okay. Uh, You're being funny up there. Okay. I was like, whoa, that's really crazy. All right. They they did the eye, you know, the eye thing you do. You read that, right? Well, in case you didn't know, there's five letters across there. Okay. So when they ask you, at least make up five, unlike me, because I'm going like this and I've got A K M Z. And she goes, and? A-K-M-Z. And she said, and? And I'm thinking, what is wrong with this woman? And then she goes, hold on. And she moved it. And I went, oh, R. Because I got all this blood in there. It's covering up my eyesight. So I was like, so anyways, thank you for messing with me. All right. And he took the knife to slay his son. But. Sometime you should do a study in the Bible on buts. Not human, but but, okay? 
Go with me on that. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do not anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. In this case, God said, no, that's good. And over, check this out. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Woo! Right? We're kind of sweating that. We're like, we're serving a God that's going to take him out. No, he took care of him. But check this out. Check this out. When it came to Jesus. See, Abraham needed Isaac to fulfill what God had told him. And he knew that God was true, that his word was true. And so therefore, Abraham could have that confidence. God is not going to let this happen. Okay? And he didn't. But when it came to God's son, his only son, that wood on his back and all. And when they got him up there, when they started putting those nails in his arms and his feet, when they started messing with him, putting crowns of thorns on, whipping him, all that stuff. Abram had a choice to not do it, right? So did God. So did Jesus. But God knew that in order for you and I to have hope, for you and I to have salvation, that Jesus would have to die. That God would have to say, it's the way it's got to be. Because without his death and resurrection, we got no hope, guys. God is a just, righteous God. Can't stand sin. What do we got? Sin, right? Used to be all those sacrifices, but can't happen anymore. God says, once and for all, I need a perfect sacrifice, and there was nobody here. So he sent his son. But I can only imagine. No, I can't. I can't even imagine it. The things that could have gone through Jesus. God in human form. But did he suffer pain? Absolutely. <coughs> and I don't even think the physical pain was much at all compared to the emotional sacrifice of being separated from his father, of experiencing sin for the first time when he took our sin. <coughs> God the provider? Woohoo! Get excited! He provided for us. Yesterday I got to share that with a 63-year-old lady who had never understood that, who today is free. Because Christ died. As we look, okay, you're not probably going to have to sacrifice a child. Those are not things that usually come before you. And who knows what you are going through. There's all kinds of things that need to be provided. I remember as I started an organization called Outsiders. And um, 
I was getting ready to go to Nicaragua for three weeks. We had just been given a building, and we were going to move in as soon as we got back. We were stoked. We were excited. And three days before, I was told they, it was done. It was go- gone. We had no place to go. We ended up meeting in my backyard with 125 kids in a 105-degree heat in the summertime. Let me tell you, that only lasted three weeks, and we said, we'll take a break till we can get a place. Okay? So this happens two days before I go to Nicaragua. You know, me in Nicaragua, it gets a little crazy down there. And so one night I'm out there, and God's got another Chris Tomlin song going on, and I am singing it, but we have this huge storm. Everybody else goes in. I learned from two years earlier when I dropped the, my uh, um, iPod into the ocean and destroyed it that I had it in a plastic bag in my pocket. So I'm listening to this song, I Will Rise, over and over. And God and I started doing battle. I'm like, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. You told me to do this, and then you just yanked it out. I don't get it, God. And we went back and forth, and I'm on my knees praying, and I'm yelling at God, not that you should do that, but he's okay if you do. You get done, you feel kind of stupid, you just yelled at the creator of the universe that could squash you out if he wanted to, but hey, he's okay with it because he's God. And I'm back and forth, and I think I shared with you before, <laughs> um, the storm let up, but we still had all this lightning going. So was, the storm was still happening, but not as much rain. And some of the, the crew that I had down there came back out. I thought I was alone. I ended up <laughs> saying, God, either let me go back or take me now. Threw my arms out, and three lightning bolts hit, and everything went orange, and I thought, I was, I thought he took me. I was like, oh, dang, what's orange? I don't know what orange means, okay? <laughs> so, and my whole body was just kind of like, you know, it, it, was, it was numb. It was wild. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> my eyes were unblinded, um, <clears throat> and I looked, and I was like, I guess I'm alive. We're going back to do this thing. And we went back, and we spent three months praying and asking God. And then I met with two other ministries, and they said, how about we get a place together? You get these nights, we'll take these nights. Great idea, cut down on cost. So we get done, and I said, okay. And I walk out, and the bottom line is we needed $5,000. We just didn't have it. So I went home, and, and I get a little crazy when I pray because when I pray about it. I really believe God's going to do it. So I said, God, we need $500, and I need it by Friday because I need to know that you're in this. Otherwise, not 500, 5,000, right? So I pray about it, pray about it. Friday, I go out to the mailbox. I'm expecting a check. I have no idea who it's from, right? And I'm hoping it's not one that bounces. I'm just like, I'm expecting a check. Go, oh, who's this from? Never got a letter from them before. I opened it up, and there was a $5,000 check. And if I told you, you would, know the, you would know the name of this group, but it was a music group who I'd, I, I know some of them, and I'd run into them a couple weeks before. He said, man, just kick me your information. So I had, hadn't even thought about it. Boom, $5,000. And we were able to do some incredible ministry in that place. In my life, there have been so many crazy times. The first time, you know, I talk a lot about going on missions, and a lot of you guys are like, that's great, but I don't have the money. That's great, I don't have the time, or that's great. My first time, I was a junior in high, getting ready to be a senior in high school, right? So it's the end of my junior year, and I hook up with an organization called Youth for Christ, and um, I knew one person, 
and there's 100 people going. And so I said, I'm going. And we needed, back then, we needed $1,200. I know you guys think I'm really young, but let me say, I got a few more years than you think, and that was a lot of money now. It was a lot of money back then. And so, but we had it set up, 400, 400, 400. Yeah, I did the math, right? Okay. Uh, And so we had it set up. I mean, I remember that day that the first 400 was in. I was short. Not just 12. I was short to 400. I think it was some crazy. It was like $167, something crazy like that. I go to school, and I'm, I'm just restless. I'm just like, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I go home. I open up the mailbox. This is at 10 o'clock in the morning. The mail didn't come yet. But you know what? There was an envelope in there. And on the back of it said, I know God will use you in Guatemala. Now, there were only three of us that knew how much money I needed. That was my mom, that was my dad, and that was me. And my mom and dad did not do this. But there was cash of $167 in that envelope. Woo, right? I mean, like, yeah! So I get on the phone, I call Youth for Christ, and I'm like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm going. They said, yeah, we know you're going. No, no, I mean, I got $400. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? They said, Coop, remember you put our address on here too? You've got over 800 here. God provides. God provides. Guys, I could tell you story after story after story. And they are amazing stories. You know, I've buried... Three children. Those are stories on their own. But you know what's come out of that, besides a lot of other things? I have three adopted children that I get to call my my son and my daughters. And you know, the truth is, if we hadn't lost the children we lost, I would never have the privilege to be their dad. Can God take something bad and make it good? See, Abraham, we see, whoo! Came through, right? Sometimes we don't think God comes through. Okay? <laughs> but he does because he sees that big picture. Coop, you understand I went bankrupt. Let's, let's just see the big picture, okay? Let's just see what happened. Coop, you don't understand this happened. That's okay. Let's just see the big picture. If you can trust him, for eternity. Can we not trust him for food tomorrow? Can we not trust him to provide for this? Sometimes our idea of provision is a whole lot different than him. Sometimes we think we can only happen this way. Oh, they turned down the loan. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this happens, right? Or they say, well, we're not sure. It may have to be a while. And then all of a sudden, God says, well, you need to go this direction. And you're like, I don't think I can go that direction. All right, I go there, and all of a sudden, doors just open up. You get turned down for a job, and then you end up with a job far better than anything you could ever imagine, right? You know, um, I had outside, we had outsiders going and working with at-risk kids, had a lot of stuff going on. And, um, man, a lot of things happened in my life. And uh, what God was really telling me is you need to, you need to stop for a little bit, Coop. You need to slow it down. 
I didn't listen to him. I kept pushing. So I did this push this big fundraising thing, and it was okay, but it didn't really happen. And we ended up having to back away, shift gears, do all that kind of stuff. But for the first time in my life, I had to take a look at my life. I had to see what I had to go back and heal. And it ended up saving my marriage and my family. And though it didn't look very good when it happened, it looked bad on my resume, right? It was the best thing that could have happened. You know, when God wants to provide, he gets totally crazy. <laughs> I remember when I started Outsiders. Okay, I decided it was time to go full-time, and I had some people that were helping me raise money. <laughs> and we decided we were going to have to have X amount we needed for the first year because all that we needed, we needed X amount. And we weren't going to kick it off until we got it. And that amount, I think, was $75,000. And we had some commitments of $100 a month, some of that stuff. But we needed a chunk. And I had sent out some letters and to some people I knew. And a guy was helping me raise the funds. And he said, hey, Coop, I got a meeting with a couple guys. I knew the guys. I figured they, I knew they would help out. Obviously, he didn't have any idea how much. And so I got up and said, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. So I go to Dutchtown High School. I do FCA over there. And then I spend lunches encouraging kids and loving on them. And I'm pulling out, and the phone rings. I said, hello. He goes, hey, man, you might want to pull over if you're driving. I don't know what that means. So I pulled over while I'm driving, right? Not driving anymore. He said, hey, we just got done meeting. I said, yeah. He said, so-and-so is going to do $5,000. Awesome. He said, and -and so-and-so's going to do $5,000. All right, so what are we thinking? He's meeting with two guys. We got $10,000. That's awesome. But what do we need? 75, right? He goes, and by the way, so-and-so, who does a lot of charities, reached out to some of his friends, and one of the guys responded. And we have a check for $65,000 from a man <laughs> that wants to, who doesn't know you and doesn't want his name revealed. There you go. I'm going to tell you one last story, and then I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to just come, come up front and just whatever provision you need or whatever trial you're going to. And the truth is, he was tested. Why? Because God wanted to see his obedience. So for some of us, we don't know everything. We just may be saying, God, just show me. What is it you're trying to teach me in this trial? All right? My wife and I, um, we were living, gosh, where were we at? Um, hmm. It's a a difficult time in our lives. Um, I had been in a really bad car accident, dislocated a vertebrae, twisted a vertebrae, and tore all seven layers of muscle would have been better to have broken my neck, but because I had the muscle, <clears throat> it tore it, and, and, it just, and then everything healed out of place. So I'm in therapy five days a week for that, and we discovered my wife is pregnant, all right? But during the pregnancy, um, the insurance company of my accident decided to cut us off. And so my wife is now mega pregnant, 
and can no longer work. I cannot work, and we have zero income. The baby is born, and during the birth, both my wife and my daughter went 16 minutes or so without oxygen. My wife's a miracle. When you meet her, when you see her, <laughs> they didn't even know what to say. Doctors would visit her, and she'd be like, what do you need to say? He said, I just wanted to hear your voice. I didn't think I'd hear it again. My daughter didn't fare as well. She battled for nine months, which is about eight months and 29 days more than they expected her to live. And then she ended up passing. But here's the deal. We had no income. We needed, in order to have the, the place to live and everything, we needed about $2,000 a month. I had a great aunt that misunderstood, and she said, I'll, I'll send $100 a month. So we knew we had $100 a month. Whew. One thing I didn't want to do was put anything on our landlords. We, it was $600 a month is what we needed to pay. And so I, in the midst of all this stuff, I began to pray, God, we just, you need to provide. And we were in a Sunday school class of a bunch of young, married, pregnant couples that had no money and were in college. And so we began, and they began to pray with us. And so I remember that first, first of the month is coming up, and I'm like, God, we need $600. I hobbled out because I couldn't walk very well. I hobbled out. It, we live on a 200-acre farm, working farmhouse. We just rent it, okay? But everything's going on. It's a 100-yard driveway, and I hobble out to the end of that driveway, open up the mail, grab the mail. I'm walking back, and here's a card from a church in New Jersey I have never heard of. I don't even know if they exist, okay? It's one of those deals. So I open it up, and the card reads, we heard about your situation, thought this might help, and there was a check. How much do you think it was for? $600. You know what happened the next month? Church from Texas. I didn't know anybody in Texas. Church from Texas. You know what happened the next month? That Sunday school class did a yard sale. And two days before the rent was due, they came over and handed me a check. Guess how much? $600. Another time, I got a, a couple called and said, listen, Coop, um, our church split and we have tithe and God told us to give it to you. $600. During this time, my car died. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried to buy a car, but they like to see that someone has an income if they're going to give you a loan for it. Kind of a difficult deal when you got no money down and no money to pay with. So my buddy Virgil shows up. Hey, Coop, I'm going back to Guatemala. Want my car? Sure. He goes, I still owe on it. Oh, Okay. How much you owe? 200 a month. All right, God's already providing, right? So we're good. <laughs> so now I'm getting cocky, right? Because it is like, it is like 10 days before the money's due for rent. And I've already got $600 in here. We got, woo, we're doing well, right? And so I'm sitting out on the porch and I see this tow truck come in. And he's hooking up to my new car. And I say, hey, buddy, what, what, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, i got to repossess this. It's three months behind. I said, how much would you need to leave it? And he said, $600. And I went, let me get that for you. I think I already have your check. 
And now it's the day before. And I'm like, ah, oh, Lord, I know you can do You'd think by now I'd be calm, right? Because he does it all the time. And you know that Sunday school class? They all decided they didn't need their second TVs. And they sold their second TVs, unbeknownst to us. And you know what they came out with? $600. Guys, we watched for a year and a half as we battled all kinds of stuff with health, with everybody. And you know what? We never went without. My brother-in-law looked at me one time and said, Coop, not sure I understand this. You don't have a job, okay? Your wife can't work. And after our daughter died, some people got behind us, and they said, listen, we've got a condo in Panama City. We want you to take it for a week. Some of the kids that we've been doing a Bible study for college kids and a bunch of them, got, and they bought us tickets to Disney World. We had Gabrielle and, and my wife and I. And you know what? We went on a week's vacation in our new car. Right? He goes, tell me how that happens. How does it happen that you go on a week's vacation, you go to Disney World, you, you're in a condo. How does that happen? And all I can tell is God. God does what he does when he does because he can. Hey, if you're struggling, it's not because God hates you. It's because he loves you. He needs you to trust him. And then you'll get to tell stories like I get to tell of craziness, of God, really? And then later you go, I got you, I got you. But you know, you would think my faith would be Totally incredible, because God always provides. But you know, in the thick of it, what happens? We have doubts. You think Abraham didn't have some doubts? I'm thinking by that point, there's a big doubt. Stop. I got you over here. Guys, I want to leave you with this today. If you don't know, you don't have a personal relationship with God, you need to get that today. Come see me. Let's sit down and talk. Okay? But many of you do. But we're challenging. We got challenges. We're struggling. It may be a relationship. It may be money. It may be this. It may be that. I don't know what it is, but God does. And He's already provided a way. He's already provided for you. I think we should take just a few minutes and just come up and pray. For some of you, maybe He's already provided, right? And you're on the end of it. What should we always do? Be thankful and grateful, right? For some of you, I had a guy that I, went, I did a trip with. And he said, Coop, I hear this, but I've never struggled. He goes, honestly, I've not had those things. I said, my brother, thank God. Thank God. Learn from other people. You don't have to go through it. You can, what, what, why were those other two guys there? I'm sure to learn some things, right? It wasn't just about Abraham. So understand, maybe it's not about you, this trial. It's not about you. It may be about the doctors. It may be about somebody watching how you're going to handle dealing with this. So let's just take a minute and spend some time up here thanking God for what he's going to do. And my alarm just told me it was time to do this. So we, we, we geared up. Let me pray, and as I'm praying, just no pressure. Won't come up, just come up. Lord... <laughs> We are so amazed at who you are and what you do. 
And it amazes me in myself that there's so many times I don't trust you. That I challenge what you're doing and why you're doing, and I don't get it. Well, thank God you don't pay attention to me, that you just go through so that you can do incredible things and teach me and those around me amazing things. Lord, I ask right now for that person out here that's struggling. Maybe they're struggling with their faith. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe, maybe it's a loved one that they just lost, or maybe it's a loved one that, that they're trying to reach. Lord, I, there's a lot of scenarios. You know them all. I just pray in the next few minutes, as we come to you and show you that we trust you. I already know you got it planned out, but it'd just be nice to, to see some of it happen. So, Lord, we look forward in the next few weeks for testimony after testimony of here's what God did. This is how God did it. Lord, thank you for Abraham <laughs> and his willingness to trust you, and to have no fear other than the fear of you. Lord, thank you for Isaac that went along with it. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.